Hey, it's Shireen, the Adventure Queen, with my wacky weather guy, Dave Lipson. Dave, how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, basking in the sunshine after that long, harsh winter. Uh, uh, bring yeah. us more sun, more sun. Can you do that? Is, uh, isn't I'll that take, what meteorologists do? Yeah, we, we collect money <laughs> and we take orders. You bet. <laughs> All right. Well, first off, Dave, tell the folks a little bit about yourself and how long have you been doing uh, meteorology work here in Fremont County? Well, I've been interested in weather since I was just a kid, and uh, I've been I was in the National Weather service for 31 years and I've been doing uh, forecasting and broadcasting for County 10 for the last uh, it's been a, almost a year and a half yep. now I guess mm-hmm. and so uh, one of the things that I get involved with uh, every year uh, myself uh, Bill Lee with the city of Lander and a few fire service guys will go up to Blue Ridge to take a core sample now Blue Ridge for those of you that don't know where it is um Loop Road, the highest point on Loop Road is just shy of Fiddler's Lake. They're so about, you, were, you were going up Sinks Canyon. Yeah, we to access the, the location where we take our, uh, our core samples, and I'll explain what a core sample is a little bit later in this uh, session here. We drive up to uh, the gate, the closed gate. Now, at, is that the photo you sent me? Hold on one second. I'm going to bring up this photo real quick. Okay, you sent me a lot of photos, Dave, so I'm, I'm loving it. We're going to have, uh, you're going to be able to see these photos and uh, videos. But first off, Dave, backtrack for just a little bit. We do a lot of weather experiment videos. And so you're used to, you know, having weather tools and doing things of this nature, correct? Correct. Yeah. And so Dave is able and fortunate enough to go on this core sample trip. Now, is it kind of, is it for the Forest Service? Yeah, a lot of it's for flood mitigation in the lander area. That's primarily what it's used for. So we'll get to that. So you're going to be able to find out how bad potentially the flood season. Yeah. Dave sent me a photo. Now, the photo is of what looks like a mountain wall of snow with a very tiny ant-sized almost gate at the bottom. Dave, is that where you guys started? That's actually uh, the east end of Worthen Reservoir, where I believe it flows back into the Townsend Creek. And where we did our official measurements, that's a bit higher up on Blue Ridge. That's snow? Yeah, that's... what, what's Holy interesting about that cow. photo, it's incredible. It's like you, it's as if you could look at every single sedimentary layer of hard-packed drifted snow in that photo and, and correlate that with every single snow and blowing snow event that we've had over the course of the winter and that closed down Highway 28. And by the way, uh, I'm not sure where this information originated from, but one of the guys that was with us that, that day, last Thursday on the 4th of May, when we did this, he said the uh, South Pass was closed 42 days, and I'm not sure if that's a record or not. You can see every single event in that in that layer of, of uh, that huge snow cool. drift there. So neat, and you'll be able to see this picture right here online, county10.com, and as well with uh, the video here. Another picture Dave sent was uh, waist-high snow uh, at Sheep Bridge. That's Sheep Bridge, yes. That's... Uh, that's a that's one of the two trailheads at uh, Worthen Reservoir. So is that where you started at, or is that where you're trying to conduct the sample? That's uh, we took we what we usually do is we drive, and I'll explain it uh, here in a little bit where exactly where Blue Ridge is. But we go up to 9,800 feet, and we that's where we take our core samples on Blue Ridge. Then we backtrack and go take a side trip to uh, Worthen Reservoir and kind of scope out the uh, the snow situation there. Now, why is that uh, for the two different locations? It gives us an idea of there's a wear that I took a picture of. Uh, it's it's like a 
a ruler or yardstick on the on the, on the riverbank, and that gives us an idea of what the flow is now and what it and knowing what the uh, snow water equivalent measurement is within the snowpack. You know how much because we'll know what it is now, the level at the creek and what we could anticipate it to rise to. Now, before Dave left on this mission, he told me he was estimating that there would be about 71 inches of uh, snowpack left. And you and I both made the observation that the snow was melting faster at this time than it was last year. That's right. Yet we had more snow. And so I was really curious, and I was thinking, I was like, oh, I should throw that out. I thought it would be around 50 to 55 inches. And so, uh, Dave, kind of tell us how you got up to uh, find out what the total was. Okay, so we get all the way up to Blue Ridge, and then we take a, a, a two-track or fire road all the way to the base of, of the lookout. We get, we'll climb up to the lookout, kind of scope out, you know, what it looks like in the in the regional area there, and then we'll get to work, and and uh, we'll get to this relatively flat area where they're we're protected by a lot of trees, so we have a fairly uniform snow depth as much as possible. And so je- what we do. It was to take an avalanche probe and stick it into the snow 10 times. And uh, e- and each time I do that, we'll record how f- far into the snowpack we had to go until we reached the bottom of the snowpack. I was wondering how you got to the bottom, you know, or how you yeah, knew we, it was the bottom. Yeah, the, these uh, avalanche probes, which fold up into a backpack, you can extend them out and they have a sharp point on the end. And so that that pokes through all the hard, rock hard layers of of uh, snowpack, and of course it gets harder when you get near the bottom. And so then what I'll do is I'll take uh, some black electric tape, put it on the probe, pull the probe out, and then measure with a yardstick the, uh, the, the electric tape where I put it on the probe to the end of the probe, and that tells us what our snow measurement is at that one location. So we'll do that 10 times, and, and then <clears throat> we'll take 10 measurements, add them all up, divide by 10, and we get our average snowpack. Then what we do is we put the tape on the, on the probe, uh, and depending on what the average was, we'll know where to put the, the electric tape on the probe, and we'll poke around more in the snow until we finally get to what our average was, and as in, in this case, 51 inches. And that's where we know to take our snow core. What you we'll take do like is, what we did in that experiment, yeah, right? So except, if you guys didn't check out Dave and I's weather experiment video where we were checking out what the uh, snow melt was here in Fremont County, it's kind of a similar setup. Yeah, except we're using, this time we use the official National Weather Service cylinder. It has teeth on the end of it, so it can, you know, punch through all the layers down to the bottom, where the earlier the probe had measured the snow. Right, so, so we'll you're take, putting that cylinder in the snow. It, yeah, teeth first, uh, all the way into the snow. And with 51 inches, you know, when you figure the uh, the canister is two or three feet long, you, had, you can't just do it once. You got to go, in this case, we did it twice. We push the can into the snow. There's a picture of the of the uh, upside down bottom of the canister level with the top surface of the snow. Then we take shovels and dig around the cylinder because we need room to stand in the hole. Oh, to, I see you and Bill both have. Yeah, yeah. Bill's doing some shoveling. Bill He's Lee doing with shoveling, the and lander, I'm doing yeah. some shoveling. Yeah. And so we get to the bottom of the cylinder. And and then we had and then we of course like I said we had to dig around the cylinder so we could stand in the hole. And then we had buckets uh, tightly sealed with tightly sealed lids, these large paint buckets, and we'll very carefully, and you can only do this the right way if you're standing in the hole next to the cylinder, cup our hands with gloves, uh, preferably, the bottom of the, uh, underneath the bottom of the canister so nothing falls out while you gently lift it out 
and then pour it into the bucket. And we and then once we did that, we went even deeper with a canister and did it all over again. And so what you see in those pictures are uh, it's a 51 inch hole wide enough for us to stand in to collect our sample. Once the buckets are loaded with snow, we lift it up to the guys standing on top of the hole, and then they put it onto the sled and tie it down with bungee cords, and then we take it out of the woods. Now, before we get to uh, what you do once you're back in town, we know that the measurement was 51 inches, correct? Correct. Uh, what was that? What is that compared to years before? I'll go down the list here very quickly. Um, so we had 51 inches, and after I melted it down, and I'll explain a little bit later here how we di- how I melted the the snow uh, right. sample down. Uh, this year. We had 18.32 inches of snow water equivalent living in the snowpack, and that was with a depth of 51 inches. Last year, May 7th, we had 10.79 inches of snow water equivalent and just 32 and a half inches of snow. Two years ago, May 12th in 2020, our snow depth is only 17 inches. I don't have the snow water equivalent. Oh wow, for that that's year. a low year. Yeah, that was a low Whoa. year, mild winter, and yeah. then and then the year before that in uh, 2019, May 7th. We only had 12.08 inches of snow water equivalent, and that was in a 33-inch snow depth, 33 and a half. Back on May 10th, 2018, we only had 6.96 inches of snow water equivalent in 16 inches of snow. That was kind of a dry year. Now, you might remember 2017. That was also a pretty tough winter. Uh, we, we had a much more severe winter here in the Wind River Basin. But up in the mountains that year, uh, it was even tougher. They, we had a snow water equivalent of 33 inches. That's Whoa. a lot of water. And, and this it year even, was only 18, right? Yeah, this year is only 18.32 inches. So they had an above normal year up there, I would say, but not as above normal as here. But it's relative. It's all relative. We normally get less snow in the basin than we do in the mountains. What was the snow on the uh, the 2017? So we had a snow water equivalent of 33 inches, which was uh, comparable with Deer Park, which is a nearby uh, uh, snow tell site, automated site. Now, our depth that year, believe it or not, was 68 inches, and that was wow. May 11th, 2017. 68 inches at the, uh, at the same Pretty much the same site where we took our sample this year. I would have thought this year was worse than 2017. Yeah. Wouldn't you? It's been just a crazy year. And that's why I kept saying, man, we're going to have over 70 inches up there by the time we get there. But like like you said, in the days prior to our excursion up there, we had a lot of melting going on. So I'm, yep. it, it, we'll, we'll never really know unless we look at maybe some of the nearby sites uh, how much there was on the ground, snow depth-wise, in that location, say, a week ago, and, uh, and what the snow water equivalent may have been. So once you're back in town, you have the buckets. How many buckets of snow do you bring? Uh, this time two? it was two, and we really had to jam-pack the snow in there. And you uh, let those melt? Yeah, and, and believe it or not, the rest of that day, we, let, we went up there in the morning. We, we tried to get up there as early as we can because if we wait too long and dilly-dally, the snow gets soft right. and it's very, very easy to sink through that snow depth, even on the road. So I brought the, uh, the, the buckets back to the National Weather Office, National Weather Service office. They were kind enough to let me use their facility there, you know, not just for the canister, but to melt everything down. So I brought the buckets back to the weather office. It melted the rest of that day. And most of the rest of the next day. And then 
by late on the 5th of May, which would have been late Friday, late last Friday, um, there was still a little bit of slush floating around in, in one of the buckets, but I, that quickly melted. And then what I did to get the snow water equivalent, it's kind of a tedious process when you have a lot of snow like that. What we do is we take a different canister, one without teeth. We put a funnel on top of the canister. The funnel it fits onto a tube, which is inside the cylinder. It'll make a lot more sense. My explanation should make a lot more sense once you see the photographs. And so I'll take the bucket and ever so gently, and we can't lose any of this white stuff. It's like white gold to get an accurate measurement. And Dave's legit too, man. He's not going to mess around. That's what I like. Like the, They couldn't have a better person for the city of Lander or Forest Service helping them out than Dave Lipson, because if it's going to come to making sure it's done right, that's what you're all about. you know. And that's important. You know, When it comes to data, you want the right data. Yeah. The only data is, the only good data is the right data. Yep. And so we very carefully, I very carefully tip the bucket into the funnel on top of the cylinder and let it drip into the tube. And you just kind of have to know when to stop pouring the water in there because you don't want it to overflow or you're going to lose water. So we'll do it very slowly, meticulously. And then each time we do that, take the tube out. Or actually, before we take it out, we take this measuring stick and it goes through a hole, which is exactly the width of the stick itself. So it goes straight down into the tube. Pull the tube out. It's a black uh, measuring stick. You'll see a picture of it. And then we'll I'll write down uh, how what the measurement is on that graduated stick. And so the first one happened to be 1.66 inches. The next one 0.82s, and then 0.73. And I took a total of let's see, what's 12 plus nine? That's 21, 21 measurements. And I added them all up, and it turned out to be 18.32 inches of water. And so you get the two buckets just in case you mess up one? Um, well, the two buckets had were caked with snow that we brought down the mountain. I, we actually went up there with five buckets because we didn't know what we what we were going to run right, into Right, yeah, there. you got to be prepared. Yeah. Once you get up there, you can't be just going back. That's right. You got to do everything right once and only once, or else you got to go up there and do it again. Now, what's this called again? Just the core sample? Yeah, it's called a snow water equivalent. That's what we're that's what we're trying to find out. What how many inches of water are lodged up in the snowpack where we measure the snow? And in this case, it was 51 inches. So you can it's predict a, some flooding, right? Yeah, and and the what the snow core is the sample that we brought down to have to melt down. And so the the whole point of this, <clears throat> um, because of where Blue Ridge is situated at about 9,800 feet, a lot of that water flows into the Little Papoja River, <clears throat> and a lot of that water flows into the Middle Fork of the Papoja River. The Middle Fork, <clears throat> excuse me, as most of you know, flow right through the middle of Lander. And so... What we find in the snowpack has a direct uh, influence on the way the water, uh, the flow through the river will rise through the residential areas of of Lander. And also, I'd like to mention also, don't forget, the Little Papoja River flows into Hudson and where it eventually flows into the the Papoja River, the Papoja River flows into the Little Wind River. So it has a, an, uh, an influence on uh, quite a few of our uh, river basins. Yeah, and we also are play part in feeding water to many states around us as well. And part of that 
uh, snow equivalent plays a role in how other rivers and systems are affected too. It's a big domino effect, Dave, oh, as, yeah. as you know. So weather's cool, man. Weather is cool and weather is hot. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> going to be a hot one this summer. I, uh, any predictions this, for the, the summer? Well, Dave? we're we're uh, getting into an El Nino. We actually had La Nina last winter, and now we're. Oh my gosh, you're going to make me El bust Nino. out my Chris Farley thing. Remember from SNL, oh, yeah. <laughs> La El Nino. El Nino. <laughs> yes. I am El Nino. All other tropical storms must bow before El Nino. Yo soy El Nino. Um, but so we're in an L or a La. Well, we're go- going we're going from a la into an L, and to be honest, I'm not really familiar with how an El Nino would play out in the summer months. Yeah, interesting. Well, we'll have Dave back. We need to do another weather experiment. I- Dave Lipson, mad scientist, meteorologist, will come up with uh, all kinds of neat things. You're to the do wacky in our weather guy. Yeah, yeah, your laboratory. <laughs> we need your wacky weather hat. Uh, but Dave will, of course, be updating us on all of our uh, local weather, sending pics as well. Can't wait for you to see some of the videos and pictures. And Dave, we appreciate your time. I uh, appreciate uh, my presence here.